Welcome to the Wonder Space podcast. It's great to have you on board. My name is Steve Cole, and over the past 77 episodes, I have been asking the same six questions to amazing people from around the world. The questions orbit around wonder and stories of hopefulness, and the setting for each journey is a shared window on the space station from where we see everything from a different perspective. Before we introduce our guest this week, our friends at asknature.org are going to help us to rewonder. Not every spider waits on a web for prey to get caught. Some shun the silk and hunt on the move. For these spiders, the key to success is information gathered by hundreds of trichobothria, hairs of varying length and thickness protruding from their lanky legs and connected directly to three or four nerve cells. When an insect flies nearby, it sets the air around it in motion. The movement of the air, even the vibrations from sound, sets the hairs moving too. Since each hair is suspended in a flexible membrane, even the slightest movement is conducted right to the nerves. In a split second, the nervous system is able to combine information from the many different hairs into a clear picture of where and when the spider needs to strike in order to capture its next meal. Our orbit this week will take us across the Middle East and to experience these views with us in this ultimate window seat, we welcome Marwa al Sabuni. Marwa is an award-winning architect and author and lives with her husband and two children in war-torn homes in Syria. Her 2016 book, The Battle for Home, gained her invitations to speak to audiences, institutes and experts across the world. In her TED talk, Marwa suggests that Syria's architecture was one of the key causes of war by dividing its once tolerant and multicultural society into single identity enclaves defined by class and religion. In her latest book, Building for Hope, Marwa explores how cities and buildings might be rebuilt in the aftermath of conflict, crisis or financial depression. In 2019, she was named one of the world's top 50 thinkers in Prospect magazine. With this panoramic view above Earth, I start by asking Marwa if we could do a fly past on any part of the world that is significant to you. Which place, city or country would it be and why? One of those places would be the Medina in what is now Saudi Arabia, which is um, was an Al-Hijaz before. And uh, Al-Medina means in Arabic, literally it means the city. And this place, uh, I think one of the most successful examples of migration integration happened because uh, Prophet Muhammad, uh, peace be upon him, uh, immigrated with his followers to the Medina and the reaction of the people there, how they embraced those new people, those newcomers. And from there, uh, the journey they took together from 622 in less than 25 years, the whole region transformed, sorry, and and one of the great civilizations uh, happened in such incredibly short amount of time. Marwa, give us a glimpse into your life story so far with an emphasis on what you are doing currently. 
Well, I think I'll start with my, with my age. So um, I'm currently 41. I'm an architect and author. My work uh, has come into light, I think, bizarrely because of the war in, in my country, which, uh, which took place in, in 2011. Uh, at the time, I was, I was uh, working as an architect in the studio I have with my, with my husband. We, uh, he's, he's a bit more senior than I. He's uh, eight years older. And uh, so we worked in the studio and I was studying for, for my higher education. I was in, at the time, I was uh, pursuing my PhD. And uh, when the war happened, actually, everything changed, obviously. Our studio burnt down and uh, our city was destroyed. And and um, our life was put on hold, actually. And uh, afterwards, I just, you know, I continued to to work on my higher education, but I had the idea uh, to write a book about it, um, to write a book about the war in my city, about the role of architecture and uh, the ideas that I was exploring. And with a lot of encouragement, actually, from my husband, uh, uh, I wrote the book and uh, it was published in, in London uh, by Thames and Hudson in 2016. Since then, I mean, my whole life changed because of that book. Uh, everything in my life actually changed. And um, it, fortunately, it has received a lot of um, uh, good press and it was well received by the media and by critics. And um, uh, I, I did a TED talk as well uh, about the book. And that meant that uh, um, more exposure of, uh, of my ideas and my, uh, and my work happened. Afterwards, I was invited um, to different cities around the world to speak internationally about my work and about my ideas and about what it, what it means to, to be an architect in Syria and what does it mean for architecture what, uh, to be a factor that is uh, enduring destruction and, and, and death, actually. Those years between 2016 and 2019 were really active in terms of traveling. I traveled to so many places around the world and met so many people and made a lot of good friendships, actually, uh, along the way, which was a blessing. Uh, and uh, led me to write another book, uh, which was Building for Hope, uh, was published in 2020, uh, and it was... Uh, right in the middle of the chaos of the corona and pandemic. Uh, uh, but also, I think it also resonated with that global situation because it spoke about um, what does it mean to settle in and how we can rebuild in the aftermath of crisis, which is something that uh, every city now is, uh, is contemplating. So my latest book, Building for Hope, uh, revolves around... Uh, five fears and uh, I start from the fear of death and end up with the fear of boredom but uh, in essence the book is about uh, how we reconnect with home and how we just establish or re-establish the sense of belonging and the sense of of, um, of home that we've lost in so many places around the world. Uh, how cities can recover, actually, uh, in, in the aftermath of, of not only the physical destruction like it's happening here in my country, but also the invisible destruction that is seeping through our cities uh, all around the world. Where on earth is your place of reset or recharge? Well, 
I believe in a poetry verse that I think summarizes where I think uh, I actually uh, recharge and, and find comfort. And this poetry verse is, uh, is by a very renowned uh, poet from the Ab Abbasid uh, era. And it actually, uh, uh, it, do you mind if I say it in Arabic? First, I will translate. Well, it says, "As makanin fi dunya sarjun sabihun wa khayru jalisin fil anami kitabu," which means the dearest place in the whole world is the galloping saddle, and the best friend among all people is the book. And I mean, I think it just summarizes where I I actually find comfort. It just you know, I go and ride on my horse. And uh, um, when I need just, you know, to, to switch off from the whole world, it's just, you know, I, I find it on, on saddle. And uh, uh, also reading books, just, you know, and just recharging with, with ideas and, and with people and places. It's just, you know, the imagination that the book can, can just give you while sitting in is amazing as well. What wonder of the natural world excites you the most? Well, I think this links to the previous question. For me, it's just I met horses later in life, uh, about six years ago, uh, and it was it was because of also the loss that happened in war. Actually, uh, my husband again he's the source of inspiration in our in our family it's just you know he thought that because we've lost so many people around us i mean we have no relatives around us everyone almost everyone has uh, traveled or migrated and uh, for that he's th he thought that um, we should reconnect with especially for the children to reconnect with the uh, with something uh, or somebody out of our immediate circle. And uh, uh, that's when the horses came in. Just we went uh, to a place where they, uh, they, you know, keep horses and uh, we met the horses there. And I was the farthest person to, you know, to imagine. I was literally afraid of cats and dogs. So I couldn't imagine. <laughs> could imagine myself around horses but I mean horses are just fascinating creatures and the way people react about, uh, around those animals is just amazing how they you know they have they they've become also part of uh, experimental uh, curing methods I mean with with the kids or people with autism for example they show great results and uh, with elderly people and of course I can testify to this I mean with people with with the trauma of the war it's just you know it's amazing how these I, I see them as wonders of the world and, and uh, I think it's just, you know, they are amazing creatures that everyone should just try to be around. Marwa, what is your story of hopefulness that's not your own about a person, business or non-profit who are doing amazing things for the world? Well, I find this question a bit difficult because uh, usually the people who do good, they do not promote it. And you know they do they do it in silent and in, in secrecy. So uh, it's something that you know it, it, I don't have an access to. Uh, but for me, uh, just observing people uh, on daily basis, I find many stories of hope. 
just you know just watching people being kind to to other people just today before i come in here to to have this conversation a man a young man actually with something like a like a carriage or something that he he has been uh, selling uh, fruits uh, in the street and he wanted to cross with this carriage uh, uh, and uh, he fi- he found it very difficult it's it's a bumpy road and and traffic is there and he just you know stumbled when when he was crossing and some of those t- fruits just spilled out uh, in the street and immediately people flooded in and uh, try to to help him out and they just you know started picking the fruit up and stopped the traffic and some of the cars just you know uh, slowed down and asked if he's all right and he just you know crossed and he just you know um, moved on and and continued with his carriage and and and, and went on to next side of the road to continue selling finally as we prepare to re-enter what insight, wisdom or question would you like to share with us? I think it's something that I tell myself all the time or try try to to commit to. It's it's not the easiest thing, but I mean it's something that I honestly try to say to myself uh, every day. And it's uh, it's whatever you do or or you are doing, just try to do it not for yourself. Just try to do it for a higher cause or or another person and you know try not to do it for yourself to find out more about Marwa I recommend her 10 minute TED talk which has been seen by over 1 million people her two award winning books The Battle for Home and Building for Hope are published by Thames and Hudson and available online to engage with the previous 77 Wonder Space episodes, go to our website, ourwonder.space. I want to thank Marwa for joining us on Wonder Space, and I hope you can join us next week for more wonders and stories of hopefulness. <laughs>